This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This podcast, I amplify the feminine voice and curate feminine glory so that you find your own fierce and lovely story. Women, I believe we do that first with ourselves by becoming aware of our own story so that we can then raise the next generation of young women to know without a shadow of a doubt they are valued and purposed. This whole week, I'm bringing you an episode a day with an expert on young women for a laser-focused chat on one issue they face. All of that is to whet your appetite for more in a new course we created called Loving Teen Girls in 2020, which is now open at fierceandlovely.org forward slash course. On today's episode, I talk with Jody Green, Young Life Area Director, whose entire world is adolescents who both love and don't love Jesus. Her session on when they don't want to go to church is full of her expertise and experience. Let's dive right in to our conversation. <laughs> Jody Green, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for lending your expertise and and wisdom and just all of the experiences that you have had with youth in your role as area director for Young Life, um, lending all of that to us for this course. I am just so thrilled to learn from you. And uh, you know, I was telling you earlier that for me, like raising three teens right now, as a former like full-time ministry worker, there's a I, I just am overwhelmed. There's a disconnect where I think I assumed one thing. I, I assumed that through osmosis they were picking up on a whole lot more than it appears they are. I think I always assumed they would love the church and love Jesus as easily as we have and and did at their age. And it, it just none of that has been true. Not that they're like total rebels and hate God necessarily, but just it hasn't been easy. And so let's just dive right in to that conversation um, with what what kind of is the bigger picture of what's happening these days with our kids and even our kids growing up in Christian homes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for letting me be a part of this. It's, it's good work and it needs to be done. So I'm very grateful to get to just share um, what I've experienced and what I've learned because an analogy that came into my head a while ago as I was having these conversations with folks who are my age and I'm knocking on 40s door and folks who have been in it longer than me who work with um, adolescents is that there's this misconception that like, oh, I swam through the lake of adolescence and it wasn't easy and it was cold, but I made it out just fine and so will they. Um and they will, but the reality is I got to swim through that lake with a wetsuit and that wetsuit's gone for this generation. So no matter how much I want to think it's the same, it's just not. Um, there is a reality to the digital age that research is now just coming out about that I've been learning and getting to engage in and seeing play out that I think is so important for us to know and be thinking about because it helps us. Um, extend help instead of judgment to those coming up below us. And I think that's a place where we all can see there's room to grow. Um, People think that the younger generation doesn't respect their elders and the elders think that the younger generation, they don't care what they have to say. And as much as that is true to some extent, the reality is we just have no idea what kind of hand they've been dealt. And the truth is we gave them the deck. So we're kind of holding them responsible for a deck of cards we gave them that they don't know how to play with. And I think that there's some 
things that we can learn that can be really helpful in helping navigate specifically the issue of church and engaging in spirituality as a family. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what you mean by we had a wetsuit when we swam through this lake and they don't. Yes. The ability to be bored, boredom, a thing from the nineties. Remember that? Um, it's this, the psycho, the psychology around boredom, even the need to have to create something to do, um, not being inter- been able to entertained and not even entertained, but just distracted at every moment of the day. I didn't have that option. I didn't grow up with a phone in my pocket. Um, most of us who are my age and older didn't. And what that cultivated in us, we didn't, we took for granted, but what we're seeing now and what the research is showing is that exposure in the screen world is delaying development. It's not providing kids with the necessary tools that they need that come from um, being bored, um, having to look something up, having to wait for something, silence, being outside, being forced into creating something that wasn't there to play, to do, to, to entertain themselves. And there's a reality. There's some pretty basic things that we miss out on. And so my exposure as a child to those things gave me tools and gift sets to navigate adolescence in a way that we don't have right now. Um, Face-to-face communication, interpersonal conflict, those things were never presented as real options for kids. And I had those, they don't. And the reason they don't is because we invented the iPhone. (laughs) <laughs> to be complete, to be ex- overly simplified, right? Right, right, of course. But tell me how that then connects to kids who just aren't interested in church or don't know how to connect into a faith community and just don't, they're just not engaging in spiritual matters the way that we maybe assumed they would. How is that all connected? Oh, it's connected in several ways, but one of the ways that I'm excited to focus on is just how we see, interpret, and perceive the Bible. The way that churches, parents, myself talk about the scriptures is because I was taught the scriptures by someone older than me when right now a 16-year-old can get on their computer, open it up, and say, did the walls of Jericho really fall? Search. And more information than I could have found in a year is available to them, more perspectives, more opinions. There is a rift that is growing wider and wider um, between science and the church in some areas, and that has to be bridged and gap because we have a very intelligent, driven, focused, and um, big picture generation coming up behind us that need a biblical worldview and they need those things. They not, they don't need to feel like they need to choose their faith or science or the world they see around them every day. Their actual lives and their spiritual lives more than ever have to be shown how they intersect. And because we weren't presented with that stark contrast, we don't know how to teach them that. We don't know how to show them that. And in that place, the church isn't meeting that need in them. And so they feel like it's irrelevant, that it doesn't apply to their lives, and they just um, disengage. Hmm. Wow. Yes. And I've seen that to be so true. And I hear that from so many parents. And that's, it's alarming. And I know, Jody, that you wouldn't still be doing what you're doing if you weren't full of hope at the same time. Yes. <laughs> um, right? You would have thrown in the towel a long time ago, knocking at 40 and still working with adolescents. So 
leave us with a little bit of where you see hope and where you see us as adults able to to enter in in some some new and, and fun ways with these kids. Oh my gosh, there's so much hope. There, that's it is. There's so much hope because one of the things that the data shows is that we need to engage in meaningful intergenerational relationships. For people to have their faith stick, that's what they need in their life. And the only way that those relationships actually are meaningful is if both parties are willing to learn from each other. And I have learned so much about who Jesus is in my life because of my relationships with 19-year-olds, with 15-year-olds, with my friends with disabilities. And that's where the hope is, is this mutual learning that can happen. And I have seen, I have stood in front of 500 kids who may or may not know Jesus and told them that if they walked away from faith because of something that was in the Bible, they might not have been wrong to do it, but I would like to invite them into Jesus as he actually is and have them reconsider Jesus as a grown-up and leave behind the faith of their childhood. Because the reality is our faith doesn't always grow up with us. And we don't always have the language to let with the scriptures grow up with us. And I tell them, um, I don't follow a book. I follow a person who came back to life. And the Bible saved my life and is so important to me. But if this is the reason that you walked away, can we have a conversation and talk about why that is? And I've seen people over and over and over again light up and engage because what they hear when I say that is like, your doubts are welcome, your cynicism is welcome, and your questions are welcome here. And I am convinced of who Jesus is, but I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just trying to give you a space to know why I'm so convinced. And it has been amazing. Hmm. Do you think that that's the freedom that kids need to hear, that that they can put the Bible aside, actually, and encounter the person of Jesus in, an, in a different way? I do. And I think it's scary for us to say those words because from a strong Protestant evangelical, you know, Western American theological perspective, that almost sounds heretical. And and, and I get that. And I think that's part of what I'm also going to talk about is ways for us personally to engage the fear and insecurity that can come up in us and has come up in me when I start to give people that freedom and start to look at my own story too because we have to be continually transformed to offer the freedom that maybe we weren't given. Um, Cause we're afraid if we offer them that freedom that they're never going to come back, but they're not coming back anyway. So what we are doing isn't working. And I have seen the extension of that freedom um, draw people in to the arms of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Well, that's definitely a theme among all of our speakers is really encountering ourselves as the adults loving these teen girls. And so that falls right in line with some of the other other sessions that are participating in this course. Jody, I'm so excited for what you're going to teach us. Thanks so much for being a part of it. And I will tell everyone how to access the course in a few minutes. All right. Thank you, Beth. I'm excited. 
All right, well, you know what to do. Go to fierceandlovely.org forward slash course to gain access to that today. And this is not just for you women, although you are my podcast listeners. This is designed for all adults who are loving teen girls in 2020. We've got churches who are sponsoring their entire volunteer youth work, worker network. We've got youth um, pastors and mentors and coaches and teachers all jumping in to participate in this course. It is designed to just equip and and replace a little bit of overwhelm with confidence for all of the issues that our girls are facing in 2020. You're going to love it. Uh, Don't forget to go over and grab access to it before it's too late. Fierceandlovely.org forward slash course. I'll see you same time, same place tomorrow.